0: Good morning. You know, I was thinking as I was coming up here, there's, a, there's a, the bishop, T.D. Jakes, and if you have never heard of him, look him up on YouTube, listen to some sermons, but he'll, he'll get up here and it'll be like one word. He'll be like, yes, and people start clapping everywhere, like that's it, like the anointing has already landed, right? He's like, yes, yeah. God is good, and everybody goes wild, like it's crazy, it's crazy, uh, it's interesting, I bring that up because uh, uh, this morning we're talking about an oasis. We're talking about uh, the oasis of humor, uh, which, uh, you know, when we were talking about this and he asked me to do it, he also gave me the backslash joy, right? He gave me that little like, you know, we're talking about joy and I get to use humor to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm going to lean in a little bit to that, but I want you to know, first of all, that this is exciting, for me. And, and as I got up here, it, even this morning, the Lord was doing some things in me, reminding me that it's him, not me. And it's in that oasis of who God's called me to be that I can lean back and I can rest in his goodness and his fullness. And so as we, as we all do that, just know that that's where I'm coming from, that even this morning, he showed me some things in my own heart that I could just say, hey, Kevin, listen, I'm going to do this you can be with me or not. Like he's going to do something in all of our hearts today. He's going to do something right here. He's going to remind us how we can live in an oasis of joy in his spirit and in his presence. Jesus, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. God, we just welcome you here. Thank you for all the confirmations this week. I I thank you for bringing everyone into this place. I I thank you for the people that you've brought into my mind, that you've brought into, that you just love us so much, that you would bring us here for this moment, for this time. All of our lives, you've been faithful, even when we weren't. Man, help me to uh, just... You're so good. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, listen, I decided to start off with a, with a stool. Derrett even asked me this morning if I needed this raised, and I was like, nah, dude, it's good. It's good. I sat on it, but I did need it raised. So uh, it's fine. It's fine. Now Oh, that's better. Much better. I want to be able to lean back a little. Uh, man, I, I think that like going to Disneyland, right? Like, I'm going to start here because uh, with Disneyland is not where I was intending to start, but I, I think that we set this agenda, right? We have this whole plan that we're going to get it done, And everything done. Who's been to a theme park? Show me hands. Been to a theme park? Have you ever gone with like this crazy list of things that we have got to get this done, or we're not having fun? Like if we don't get all of this in, right? Then then we just wasted our whole day, and we might as well not go. Like this list has got to get done. I got to ride. I got to ride. I got to ride it three times. If I don't ride it three times, it's over. I I know I'm talking to somebody because Thanksgiving's coming up, and you got a list. uh, You got a time frame, right? You got something you got to get done. You got to get some things in the oven. And if it doesn't happen, mama ain't happy. (laughs) And in this case, dad ain't happy. All right? I like to cook at my house. (laughs) Man, I, I was thinking about that because I started this week off with six pages of notes, Six pages of notes, and as I, as, I, as I lean into some of our scriptures and our stories, I want you to know that this is, this is what happened this morning. Uh, I didn't even pick it up until we're singing about the goodness of God, and the fact that I started with six pages of notes, just just hammered it out. And then I was like, yeah, that was awesome. This is so good. Wednesday, three pages of notes, redid the whole thing. I mean, same, same vein, same heart, just rewrote it, three pages. I was like, yes, this is anointed. It's going to be good. This morning, I'm down to one. Uh, I mean, he keeps... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. We're going to have some fun. Man. Brought it down to one page of notes. (laughs) Uh, I'm so grateful, too. Trust me. I was really stressed out about how I got to get through all of this. I got to. If we don't, it's not from the Lord. That was my heart. That was my posture. And so I want you to know as we talk about the oasis and God being that oasis, he has been that for me in this one particular instance as well as so many others this week. Just in my notes, he showed me that, listen, you you don't need more of yourself. You don't need more paper. You don't need more anointing. You just need me. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is what I wanted to start with because I feel like that's what the Lord pressed into my heart. Like, you could get up here and I could do all of this. I could, do, I could put all the effort in and I could come in here and I could sit here for four days of the week and I could cry, which I did twice. Uh, I came in here and I cried and I like walked through it and I prayed over these chairs and I just, I, I sat in his presence as much as I could but then I was like, I gotta do work. <laughs> and then I realized he's doing something in me. He's doing something in me. Let's get to it. Uh, Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray, this is Paul talking to the, to the Romans. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, 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 man. So I want to tell you the story about like, I mentioned the theme park We have some friends that uh, went on a cruise with the expectation of experiencing an oasis, right? Like, this is going to be great. We're going to get rest. We're going to have a good time. We're going to do some things. It's going to be great. And they came back, and uh, we got to chat with them and visit with them. And, man, I was expecting to hear, I've never been on a cruise. I was actually like, I'm going to hear some things that are really good, and I'm going to sign up for a cruise. Like, it's going to happen. They're going to sell me. And so I started listening to their story, man. Like, they showed up and they had like a a million things to do, apparently, on a cruise ship. So I didn't know that. You know, I knew there was a lot, but I didn't know it was like this. So they started talking about how they went from one thing to the next to the next, but they looked like they'd been drug in. (laughs) Right? So even telling me this story, they looked like it was good. We had a good time, but let me tell you, I should have slept. Apparently There's buffets open at midnight on the cruise. I said, thank you, Jesus. I know that's from the Lord, uh, but that's because I like food. Uh, but so anyways, telling me, so they look drug out. They just look worn out. And they started telling me about all this that's happening and, and how they went from one thing to the next, to the next. And it wasn't until uh, almost the end of their trip did they realize that they had not come to an oasis, but they had now become slaves to this cruise ship and all the things that they had to get done? Man, 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 man! It's super powerful for me. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Gideon. Uh, Gideon in, in in the Old Testament in Judges chapter six and seven is where we're gonna be uh, pulling a lot of this story from. And I want you to know you're gonna be exploring this story with me because I have read this story before. But it's never read me like it did this week. This story about Gideon, the Lord has been shaping and doing some things in my life that will last for a very long time, and that's exciting to me. Uh, but in in the, in the story, I want to tell you who the Israelites are—God's chosen people—and they were wayward often, and they were worshiping often, like it was a roller coaster. So, we pick up there, and what has happened is that God has already done a ton of cool things, right? So, so, we talked about Moses. If you've ever read any of the Old Testament, you know that the Israelites were kind of the main, main theme. There was Judah and the Israelites. Point is, is that God kept rescuing them because they were his children, his people. He kept bringing them to a place of worship in their life, and they would list, they would stand for a while. They would, they would last for a while in the oasis of God's goodness, but then... It all crept in, right? Then the idols, the selfishness, the, the work, uh, uh, it, it became too much or whatever, so they just chose rebellion. So that's where we're at. We're in rebellion again in Judges 6. They chose to stop worshiping the Lord and start worshiping Baal. And, and in that, the, the Lord, the Midianites came and, and, and took over. So that's what's happening, right? i painting the picture. William Wallace is what I like to refer to Gideon as in, in this week's understanding of this story. Uh, who Braveheart. Because he's the one, like, the the, the Israelites were so oppressed that they ended up hiding out in the caves, right? Like, out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And Gideon was so, like, whatever about this that he was going to go work it off. I'm going to go do work. I'm going to go do work. And the angel of the Lord visits him there. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in the fact that, like, he was out beating the wheat in the wine press. So the wine press is for wine, not for wheat, and he's out there beating it, so he's not even doing it right. But he doesn't care because in my mind, I'm picturing him just out there slaving away, right? Day job, just burned out, out there angry, complaining in his mind, right? He's not in an oasis. He's thinking about Friday. He's thinking about the cruise, right? He's thinking about ah, Thanksgiving is going to be perfect because I'm going to have a ton of turkey and mashed potatoes, and everybody who loves mashed potatoes said, amen. And, and he's thinking about all of that because, because he's got to have something that's keeping him going, right? He's got to have something because this oppression is too much. This town is too much. This, this whole thing is too much. So he's out there beating the wheat, and that's where the Lord shows up. He says, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, <sighs> he's like, I am with you. And he's like, with me? You're with us? Nah, dude, you ain't with us. You ain't in this town. You ain't doing things in my life. You're not getting me a raise. You're not hitting me with, you're not hitting me with some, 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 some pats on the back. You're not validating me. And he's like, nah, listen, man. He's like, the angel of the Lord says, I am going with you. And he's like, man, listen. Like, this is where I want to talk about this for a while. Because I want you to know that I, I had to really press into the Lord this week. I had some doubts in my own heart. I, I really wondered if the Lord was going to use me today. I really wondered if, if this word that I had from the Lord, maybe, Ma- maybe Pastor Matthew heard wrong, right? Like maybe, maybe it wasn't supposed to be me. Maybe it was supposed to be my wife. Maybe she was supposed to give the word. Like, that, like man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have seen her face if you didn't. It was great. But I had some doubts, and I, and I want you to know that this is what the Lord said to me. He's like, man, I'm big enough for your doubts, I'm big enough for it. And, and I thought maybe he'd be mad about that doubt. And as I read the story of Gideon, this is what he does. He, he tests him. And, and not in this way of like, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe it's you. I mean, he really just was like, man, if it's really you, can you just show me? So the first time he's like, hey, hey wait here. Like, I, I, I don't know what you're saying, but wait here. He goes and gets some food, and he builds an altar. And he, the angel of the Lord touches the food with a stick, with a staff, and the food just, poof, poof, gone. And then the angel disappears. Gideon immediately is like, oh, snap. That was the Lord, right? That was the Lord. And, and I got to tell you, if I use the, the dude part, that's, that's how the Lord talks to me. He uses the word dude. Uh, he wouldn't talk to me like a philosopher because, let's get real honest, I'm wearing a truffle shuffle shirt. And if he starts using his big brain on me, I'm going to miss it. I'm gonna miss it. So he talks to us in a way that he, that we can understand, right? Like he's he's communicating. And so he he so Gideon falls to his face. He's like, oh no, I've seen the face of the Lord. I'm gonna die. Like I'm done. I'm smoked. I'm toast. I just saw what he did to that food. <laughs> that food was gone. He didn't even eat it. But it was good food. He didn't eat it. He touched it with a stick. So he disappeared, and then he freaks out. And so God comes right back. This is Guys, this is what, what stood out to me so big time. God came right back and he's like, Listen, no, Gideon, like, it was me and you're not gonna die. He's like, I'm ready to use you. I'm, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. But, but, but Gideon didn't understand. He says this, he goes right into like his defense. Right, And I don't know about you, but I've been in some defenses. I already told you a couple of them that I had this week. Like, was it really me? Am I really supposed to do this? Can I hold the mic up to my mouth and have everybody hear me? Are we going to have sound issues? Uh, am I good enough? Is my hair going to stand up right? Like, like whatever, whatever it is, that's what the, the doubts are coming in. And Gideon says, now, listen, I'm the runt of the litter. I'm the runt. My, my, my tribe, pff, weak sauce. We can't do it. God says, "Nah, listen. I want you to go in the strength that you have, and I want you to lead an army to defeat your captives." Gideon's like, "No, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, God. I'm going to need a sign." How many said that? Anybody, anybody honest enough to say, "Like I need a sign?" Okay, good, because I would make it sure I wasn't the only one. If I was, it's fine. I'm preaching myself anyway. But he says, I need a sign, and so, so, so he sets this, he builds this altar, he says to put it out, he puts it outside, and he's like, if, if it is you, and I hope I'm getting these details right, but he puts out the fleece, and he says, if it's you, everything else will be dry, and the fleece will be wet. So he comes out in the morning, and he, he, he checks it, and he, he rings out a bowlful of dew while everything else is dry, right? So he's like, yeah, it is the Lord, right? He should be ready to go conquer Right. I mean, like, that's a pretty cool sign. Right. That should be good enough. Like, I've had a ton of confirmations from some text messages this week that this is a good word. I should be ready. Right. Sunday morning's coming. I got this. No, he says, God, please be patient with me. I need to see. I just need to see it one more time just need to see it one more time. And and God didn't, I love that God didn't show up and say like, no, Gideon, listen, that's it. I'm not using you anymore. I'm not using you. You can't, you can't be used. You asked too many times. (laughs) Sorry. Because if that's the case, guys, listen, if that's the case, I'm never in this church. I'm never serving the Lord. I'm never walking with him. If he gives up on me, I got no hope, but he didn't. And he brought me here for November 24th for this moment, and, and I get it. I'm a broken vessel, and it's because of his goodness and because of his joy and his delight in me whew, that lets me and allows me to, be, uh, to walk even near his anointing and his presence. Man, because of his delight in me. And so Gideon says, listen, God, be patient with me. I need one more. I just need you to do it again. Can you do the reverse this time, can you just dry out the fleece that's soaking wet and then soak everything else? You know, like that makes perfect sense. Now, now, now here's, the, here's the crazy thing about this, right? Is some of us have asked God to show up in our lives. Man, this is so powerful. He asked, some of us have asked God to show up in our lives and confirm that the direction that we're on is accurate. And then we've never gone back outside to check the fleece. We've never gone back to the Lord and said, Lord, uh, uh, did you confirm that or deny it? We've never even asked him to show up a second time. We, and if we did, we didn't show up. He's always faithful, unchanging, never going away, and he always delights in his people. Always. Yes, sin breaks his heart. Yes, it takes us whatever, but he always delights in us. He saw the end from the beginning. So we see it again. He does it again, right? Dries out the fleece, soaks everything else. I might have those backwards, but bear with me. So chapter 7 in Judges, now it's time because he's seen some things. I, in fact, I don't even think the transition from chapter 6 to 7 says Gideon's like, okay, God, gotcha, I'm in. I think it just assumed. So, so now he's seen three things that are super cool and good enough. He's ready, Maybe. God says this to him in chapter 7. He's like, listen, if you're still afraid, what a good God here. What a good God here. If you're still afraid, listen, I want you to go down and just listen to what the Midianites are saying. Just go listen to what the people are saying. Go, go hear them out. And, and by the time that's all done, listen, Gideon, I'm telling you, dude, you're going to know that I'm with you and we're going to do this thing. And so, man, I just love this picture. So he goes down, and the Midianites themselves are then, oh, he overhears them, right? He sneaks down, and he overhears them talking about this dream. And in this dream, they're talking about the fact that Gideon has already been given the Midianite army. The Midianites are saying that. We're already handed over to him. I think, I think that's what your dream means, bud. Gideon's like, whoo-hoo, I knew he was cool before but now he's really just showing off and Gideon immediately Gideon immediately falls on his face worships the Lord and then mobilizes he mobilizes guys I think <laughs> I think that this story is a picture of not just my life, but our life here at Faith Church. God is doing something so unique and so fresh in this body and in this town, and not just in this church, but in the church of Fort Scott, in the church of Nevada, in the church of Bernal, in the church of Pittsburgh. And I think that it needs celebrated, and I think that it needs to be known, and I think that we need to rest in his goodness and expect him to move. Cause there's something happening. There's something happening here. Like, I want it. Are you sure? Well, I, you know what? You find out for yourself because God's that good. God is that good. Some of you walked in here today, and I don't even know what I've been saying 100%, but some of it probably was exactly what you needed to hear. All right? Maybe some of you just needed to laugh a little. Maybe some of you just need to set free from the Thanksgiving list. Hey, listen, if I set one parent or mom free from that list and the the joy-sucking that that might be, hey, listen, I'm happy. I want you to know this. Uh, uh, that confidence that comes, it comes through knowing who God is in my life. I lived in the south side of Chicago for a while, and... Uh, I had a buddy come up to visit me, and he showed up, and I was hang- we were hanging out with our group of friends that I had met up there, and, and they weren't uh, uh, lifers uh, at the time, and they became lifers. And in that moment, my buddy from here, uh, Joey, actually, he'll- he's here somewhere. Um, anyway, he-, he came up to visit me, and uh, we had a ball. We, we had a blast. I-, I don't think anyone else did, but Joey and I had a blast, and our jokes were you know endless, and I-, I was very confident. And the reason I was confident is because I knew... I knew him. I had been in relationship with him. right? I, I had walked with him. I had seen some things with him. And so my confidence was expounding and, and growing. And, and I, I love that feeling. And I think that this is why our, our relationship, our relational oasis is God's heart. He wants to build a relational oasis so that every day you go to work, you have that on the back burner. It's forefront of your mind. It's the back front of your mind. Like, you know that at the end of the day, you're going home to worship the Lord, that you gave everything for the Lord, not for a paycheck, not for a pat on the back, not for you did your laundry. As a stay-at-home dad, I I understand that process. Like, I'm doing laundry for the Lord. I'll tell myself 15 (laughs) times, Lord, if you're real, you will fold this. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I keep waiting. <laughs> Lord says, keep on waiting, dude. <laughs> that relational equity, that relational oasis, I think, is where God wants us to go. He wants us to move into that. He wants us to know that, listen, like it's not all, it's not all about what you've done wrong. I'm not sitting up here waiting for you to walk into your, walk into your next failure. I'm not, wa- I'm not waiting for that moment. In fact, I just, I just want to walk with you. I want to walk into your job with you. I want to walk out on your lunch break with you. I want to, I want to be in your Friday night. I want to be in your Saturday. I want Thursday morning to be a time where we meet together, and it's fantastic. And, and, and I just want you to know that you're loved, and that I take delight in you. Listen, Psalm 16, 9 through 11 in the message says this, I'm happy from the inside out. This is uh, uh, David in the Old Testament. He says, I'm happy from the inside out and the outside in. I am firmly formed. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Now you've got my feet on the path, all radiant from shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. Come on. Like, like that's so powerful, guys. That's so powerful. That changes the way we live out our week. That changes the way we invest in our jobs. It changes the way we fold laundry. It changes the way we raise our kids. We're no longer looking for the escape for the weekend or, or the oasis of Disneyland, which I've, never, I've only been once, and it didn't seem like an oasis to me. Uh, I want to go again, but I want to go with the heart of I'm going to enjoy the process instead of all the things I won't get done. Like it changes because of relational equity, because of God's goodness and the way that he sees me. Man. Man, John, I'll just go to John, John fifteen nine through 10 in the message. This is Jesus talking. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourself at home in my love. Another version says, abide in me. Abide in me. He says this, if you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. That was Jesus talking. He's the standard. He set the standard. He said it. He is the standard, but he didn't just set the standard. He poured out enough grace to cover when we don't meet the standard. He goes on to say, I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy, the joy I understand in my relationship with the Father, the way he talks to me, the way I, I spend and lean into him, the way that he's doing a new work in me, I told you that, so that joy would be your joy, and that your joy would be wholly mature." this is my command to you love one another the way I loved you this is the very best way to love put your life on the line for your friends you are my friends and when you do the things I command you I no longer am calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking or planning no I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything that I've heard from my father what a cool promise what a cool thing that that Jesus did you know, you know, when he asked the disciples, he asked the disciples this. He said, Are you gonna leave me too? Let me give you a little backstory. Basically, what he had just said is some pretty intense things. Might have involved drinking of my blood and eating of my flesh. Uh, in fact, it, it actually did involve that. So I didn't know if you picked up on that. But actually did say those things. And people were like, What the what is this guy talking about? It's pretty intense. He's like, Are you willing to go where I'm going? Are you willing to do this thing? Are you willing to mobilize? Are you willing to accept the fact that I'm sending you? They were like, no. And then, so he asks, he turns to his disciples, his closest friends, and he says, Are you going to leave me too? You know what they said? They said this. They said, Where else would we go? Like, why? Because, because they had discovered that this whole thing with Jesus was a relational oasis, that with him anything was possible, that because of who he was in their life, he'd already showed them that, listen, this isn't just for me. This is for you. And greater things will you do than I. That's what he said. That should empower us right there to walk out these doors and start laying hands on people. I mean, don't get weird, but I mean, walk in the spirit, you know, ask the Lord to show you who you should pray for but it should mobilize us, right? So Gideon Gideon hears that, he hears the dream, he knows that the Lord's with him, so he stands up and he says, let's go to war. God has already given us this. And he didn't go, he didn't go with 5,000 people, he didn't go with 500 people, he went with 300 people and trumpets and jars. So he took his band. (laughs) He took his high school band And was like, yeah, we're going to go set everybody free right now. God was like, I did this so that you wouldn't take credit for it. I did this so that you would know that really I just want to be a part. And I really want to take care of you. And I really want to lead you into some things. And I believe that here at Faith Church, that's what we're seeing. I believe that here in Fort Scott based on the conversations I've had with some of the other pastors, I know that Pastor Matthew has been in, in relationship with some of those pastors. I believe that God wants to do something so powerful here that it doesn't just stop when we walk out these doors, but it carries on and carries on and it carries on. And pretty soon people who are, are, are walking in the oasis of joy are now on fire for God, and everyone they come in contact can't help but catch it. You know... Uh, Last week, not this week, but last week, it was Tuesday night. Might have been two weeks ago. My wife had taken uh, our oldest three to swim team in Nevada, and I knew I had some time. Man, I was so excited to just have my little boy Ronan. I was so excited just to have him because I knew he goes to bed at seven, and then it's time to chill. We get some video games in. You know what I'm saying? Like some quiet time. My time. My time. Man, I I said, "Ronnie, you ready for bed, dude? You ready for bed? It's time for bed. He goes, no, no, raise a hallelujah. He loves that song. Loves that song. I didn't think about it. It's a worship song. Raise a hallelujah. If you haven't heard it, listen listen to it. My one year my one year old, almost two year old. Now now two year old. He's two now. He said, No, raise a hallelujah. And and he said it three times before I finally got it. I was like, all right, dude. We'll listen to that and then we'll go to bed, because I gotta have some quiet time. I gotta check out. I gotta get to my escape. I gotta go on this cruise. I gotta cook some food for tomorrow. I gotta I gotta do some things. I need my time. This ain't the Lord's time. This ain't Ronan's time. This is my time. So I listen to it, turn it on, and I hear this little two-year-old. I hear him start to sing, and it's, it's not great. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not this magnificent voice. It's not bad. It's not magnificent. And all of a sudden, I get it. It dawns on me. It clicks on me that I have made this about something else. That, that my heart is not where it's not in the oasis of who God is in my life. And I knelt down on my knees and I started bawling like a baby. And Ronan's patting me on the head like, "Oh." It gets awkward. You might be feeling that way right now. Why is he crying? knelt down, listen, I knelt down and God's presence was so thick and so full and so much joy and so much love and I I right there in that moment, God said dude, I love you I got up and I was so good, you know, and I was like alright sweet you know, it was a good 15 minutes it was a good 15 minutes, put Ron into bed and I'm like alright, now I can go back to Netflix and see see if I can find a movie that I can't watch when my kids are awake my bad put him to bed put him to bed guys I want you to know nothing else satisfied I flipped through every every streaming channel we had I flipped platforms I turned on a video game and for about 30 minutes I I couldn't I looked and and I realized all I wanted was more of his goodness all I wanted was to be back in his presence. All I wanted was that moment where he sat me down and he said, son, I love you. I'm proud of you. I think that you're doing a good job with these kids. He just asked you to raise a hallelujah. Like he told me I was, I was good enough because of what he's done in my life. He set me free in that moment and I couldn't get it anywhere else. I spent the rest of the night worshiping God. I spent the rest of the night writing. It probably wasn't that great, but for me it was fantastic because it was what satisfied and I went to bed so peaceful and so happy. Why am I telling you that? Because I believe, I believe that that's the relational oasis of joy that God wants us to experience. I believe that he wants to do it on your lunch break. I believe that he wants to do it in the morning when you wake up. I believe that he wants to do that right before you play volleyball. I think he wants to do that right before you drive across town. I think right before you start talking to this person in Walmart, He wants you to know that you're loved and he wants them to know you're loved. I've thought about starting my own Walmart ministry because I end up having people crying in every aisle. Like I'll cry too, that's fine. God, I believe that that's what, I believe that's what God wants to happen. Will you stand with me? I want to say my jokes are all done, but the truth is whether I whether I accomplished everything on the list whether I worked hard enough whether I represented Christ well he loves me he's proud of me and I tell you that because he loves you and he's ready to do something in you He says, I'm sending you in the strength that you have. You might be the runt of the litter. You might feel like your family isn't good enough. You might feel like you need to tear down your old you and let God rebuild you. That's probably true, and you should think about how that happens. Jesus, we just ask. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for showing up in this place. I pray that I have done my part as a broken vessel. I pray that each person in here will know that they are loved by you, that this week as they go out, it won't just be a a, a moment. It won't just be a a fad. It won't be a phase. It it won't be just a new expansion. It's actually the fact that you are the oasis of joy in our hearts. And at the end of the day, whether we accomplish everything or not, I want to be in your goodness. I want to be in your presence. Man, if you don't even know what I'm talking about and you're wondering like, man, what is this guy going on about? And you never experienced a relationship with Jesus. Let me just tell you, the reason that I talk with such confidence and I'm able to cry up here is because of that hope. And it's simple. It starts with us saying yes to Jesus starts with us asking God to do what he does. Forgive us of our sins and help me to walk in a relationship with you. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. Church, I just thank you, Jesus, for this place. Thank you for this body of these people. And I pray that as as we, we go out, that we will be an oasis of hope, an oasis of joy, oasis of humility, an oasis of honor. And that we will point people to you. No matter the circumstances. Turkey burns, turkey doesn't burn. You're our joy and our hope. We give you glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name.